welcome to Boys of Summer. We're back again, and even though it's the middle of winter or the beginning of winter, this is Paul Arnold along with Gene Gums and Eric Braun because the events of the last couple of weeks have really rocked the baseball world, and I've been watching the news and wondering what Gene would say about it or Eric would say about it because here we have Eric Braun living in Houston where a lot of this uh, news is coming from about the cheating with Astros. Then Gene lives in Boston, and their manager is now out of there. And then we have a third manager with the Mets is gone too. So there's a lot going on in my lifetime. I can't remember this much accusation and uh, actions taken by the commissioner because of cheating, except for maybe the steroids. So first of all, I get, I wanted to just frame this conversation like somebody's tuning in and hasn't paid as much attention maybe as we have. So we're going to go through three basic questions. The first one is, what really happened? Second question is, was this really that bad? And third, what do you think should be done now? So Gene Gums, you do a morning show every morning on sportscountry.net. Can you give me uh, just a real summary of what's happened in the last week? Well, I mean, it's fairly simple. It's uh, the Houston Astros were accused. Well, actually, they were ratted out by one of their former players that they were using electronic equipment to steal signs and so that the batters would know what pitch was coming and uh, they were banging on a trash can or if you believe some of the stuff you read the last couple of days, they were using buzzers and mm. uh, to, to let the batters know what pitch was coming. Um, and then in Boston, because Alex Cora was the bench coach when this whole thing was devised in Houston and supposedly Alex Cora was kind of the mastermind behind it, well, now the Red Sox uh, had some accusations of their own that they were using their replay uh, equipment to steal signs in 2018. So uh, Alex Cora is the common denominator between the two, and it led to uh, A.J. Hinch getting fired at, in Houston, the general manager as well, and Alex Cora getting fired. Right. I mean, and and it's it's uh and it there does not nobody's arguing with this. That's the thing that that you know uh, other than other than AJ Hinch and Jeff Lunau saying you know we're the three monkeys you know that or you know we need, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's really denied that it's happened. Matter of fact, Alex Cora basically said, "Yeah, I did it," uh, and so that's why the Red Sox really had no choice. Yeah, and then we're and, not and we're, Carlos Beltran right, also right. stepped down. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Carlos Beltran was by well, by the way, and this is uh, this was really interesting. Um, I had a conversation with Pete Abraham, who was the beat writer for the Red Sox on the Boston Globe, uh, on my show this week. And one of the things he said, you know, uh, Rob Manfred said, "Well, I'm not going to name any players. I'm not going to punish any players." And the only player that was named in this report was Carlos Beltran, who is no longer a player. Right. And so he said, he said, "I'm not going to punish any players." But Pete Abraham had a good point. He knew exactly what he was doing by putting Carlos Beltran in there. He couldn't get any of the players, but he could get one of them because he was no longer a player and he had gotten a manager's job. And Pete Abraham is convinced that Rob Manfred did this intentionally so that Carlos Beltran would potentially lose his job. Is that a union thing that you think the union would have fought this too hard so oh, the commissioner no didn't yeah. go after it? Oh, no question. And then, you know, not only that, and that's a very powerful union. And don't forget, you have the collecting bargaining agreement is about to expire and they're trying to negotiate a new one. You don't want that hanging over your head while you're trying to do that. But, uh, 
you know, so that's part of it. There's no question that that is part of it. But the other part of it is, is how can you prove what players used it and what players didn't? Mm. So if somebody's tuning in and just for chance, they didn't really play a lot of baseball and they're used to listening to some of the other podcasts we do here. And usually our podcasts are a lot of fun. We're laughing. It's just the enjoyment of sports. It's just a wonderful distraction to life, right? And you really can get into it. But this really feels heavy. So um, why is this so bad? I think I know because it's giving the advantage for, to the hitter and that throws everything off balance. And in a way, baseball is a balance type of situation. Can the pitcher outsmart, outpower the hitter? And it all happens in such a short amount of time that any little advantage changes the whole game. Is that a good enough summary? That about sums it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I yeah, play and of baseball. course it also go ahead, Eric. It's also you know it it's elevated too because the Astros won the World Series in the year that, that this was supposed to happen. So you know it's it's always bad to get caught cheating, but when you're caught cheating and you won a World Series, <laughs> then immediately yeah. people yeah. bring up the Black Sox and other scandals. Oh, you didn't you know, know the Tigers uh, were cheating yeah. all last year, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, well, they well, really didn't help them. No, I'm just teasing. They're, 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 you know, look, I played. I played baseball, and in high school, I played it in college. And if you could have told me every time what pitch was coming, I probably would have played professional baseball <laughs> wow. instead of being a, a an average or or slightly below average player. If I had known a breaking ball was coming, I would have been just fine because my entire career. I couldn't hit a breaking ball if I was using an oar. Mm. <laughs> but if I knew it was coming, I would have had a better chance. So just you know to lay off of it. Right, exactly. So that is and so that's the whole argument right there, Paul. It's that simple. If you know, because you have such little time to react between fastball and breaking ball. If you know that the fastball is coming, you can gear yourself up. If you know a breaking ball is coming, you can know to lay back a little bit and wait for the ball to break. Right. And so the pitchers are doing their best to deceive. And aren't you a little surprised that this hasn't come out sooner? And there's been controversy that even is this squealing on your fellow players. I mean, um, that's been a little controversial as well. One of the ESPN commentators sort of thought that this was poor sportsmanship that he ratted on his fellow players. And I'm thinking, wait a second here. It's, you know, at what point do you keep clubhouse secrets at what point do you say no i can't live with this anymore so i, I i'm kind of a two minds of that one one um that you know you should always do the right thing um but doing the right thing after you've left the team is is just a little less uh honorable i would say well except that you can understand why he did it because although not necessarily the part about going to the reporters but you, you can understand him going to his teammates on his new team and saying, hey, when you go to Houston, we got to do something different because this is sure. what's happening. So, yep. you know, so there's that fine line between, well, you didn't speak up when it was there because, frankly, you were the beneficiary of it because your offense is scoring more runs probably. Right. Yep. But then when you go away, you know, and that's the, that's the danger you run of running some kind of a scheme like this. You better make sure you never trade any of those players or release any right. of those players or your secret's going to come out. All right. So do you think that baseball has some more of a code? We've talked about this, like there's unwritten rules of baseball. And would this have not 
stayed quiet as long as if it was football or if it was uh, basketball. Do you think because of baseball and that unwritten rule, this stayed under, I mean, it stayed for two years basically in the background? I don't think so. I'll tell you why. I think baseball players, there are, there are two types of players. There are those players that want to do it the right way and those players that will take any advantage that they can to get ahead. You don't have to look any farther back than steroids. And look at the division there was in the major leagues between the players who used them and the players who didn't. And the oh, players yeah. who didn't were, were really upset because you were taking money out of their pockets because guys were artificially inflating themselves and making themselves better to make more money because they were taking steroids. So I, I don't think this is any different. I think this is just a case of there's guys that want to do it the right way and there's guys that want to just get ahead at any cost. Mm. And I think it's like, I, you know what, Paul, it's like that in, in any field. I mean, people do that on Wall Street all the time. I mean, you know, it's, I, I guess it's human nature. I, you know, it's not necessarily good human nature, but, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what profession you're in. There are people that are always going to try to find a way to work around things to get ahead and to get themselves recognized more. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go to Eric in Houston with the whole perspective. Like, the whole country is slamming Houston, and human nature sort of defends your own a little bit. Like, oh, it wasn't as bad as they thought, and we're being uh, railroaded. Is What is the mood like in Houston right now, Eric? Yeah, I, so I think it started off, you know, people were were embarrassed. You know, I was listening to sports radio on Monday, not listening for Astros coverage. I was <laughs> rev reveling in the local misery here after my Chiefs. Hey, uh, that only took Texans you 10 on minutes to talk about your Chiefs. I know. I, hey, I thought that's okay. Quite we'll, a lot of restraint. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, I, you know, and, and the talk then was like, what was more embarrassing, getting caught cheating or the Texans meltdown? Um, and even on Monday, the Texans meltdown was still leading, but not by much. Wow. Uh, but then, but then once everyone, <laughs> it was pretty bad. Um, yeah. But once the, once the, uh, uh, sort of the, the media really took a turn and you started, um, and especially after AJ got, got fired, I, you know, I don't think people cared that much about Luna, but, uh, uh, AJ, I think people were, thought that was maybe a bit of a reach since, you know, uh, he, he had actually tried if maybe not hard enough, but had actually tried to stop this. Um, so I think people were a little upset about that. But then when the national, you know, media uh, really went sort of, you know, hard in on the Astros and there were comparisons to the Black Sox, uh, I, I think that's when the, the the people here in Houston really started pushing back on that and said, hey, you know, people have been stealing signs for a very long time in baseball. This is just a technology thing that, you know, they just got – got better at it, got a little more sneaky at it, and the people have been doing it for a long time. And and that has sort of taken hold a little bit here, at least, um, uh, and seems to be the, the mood now that they're starting to circle the wagons a little bit. Mm. Um, I think there's still, you know, there's still plenty of people here who are, um, you know, I, it hurts a little bit when your team won a World Series, you know, based on um, at least helped, you know, a, a solid amount by uh, by cheating um, and you, you see that in, in, in some of the conversation here. So did but, the same uh, cheating go on this last year where they almost won the World Series again? You know, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, think, I, I, think, I think the thought is, is, is that when Cora left yeah. and Beltran left, that left. Oh. Uh, because they were the two ringleaders. So I don't, you know, I don't think there was any 
conversation that it was that it continued after that. And, you know, it's the same thing in Boston. Here's what's interesting. Boston's accused of doing this in 2018, not to the extent that Houston did. Um, but the thing that they're trying to get Boston on was in 2018. And supposedly it did not happen in 2019. And some people are saying, well, look at the Red Sox fi- stats from 2019 versus 18. And mm. you can see that they probably should have cheated because they were terrible. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, well, I mean, not to, I, I'm not saying they should have cheated. I'm just saying yeah, if you look at the numbers for all their batters, right. all their, with the exception of a couple of guys, all their numbers dropped significantly from the year before. Well, it's just super interesting. These two cities here are sort of uniquely linked, and Boston and New England has, has had their Patriot cheating scandals. I mean, in 2007, <laughs> yeah. you have the yeah. videotaping of the Jets, and then later you had the Flake Gate. And even this last year, you had a little bit that I didn't think was fully cheating. It was just they didn't communicate well what they were doing. But with the Bengals. So yeah, with here, the Bengals. Because so, you really needed to cheat to beat right. the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> yeah, no. So come on. No. But, Gene, how do the New England fans defend their Red Sox and defend their Patriots? Um, well, the Patriots, uh, they still believe with the Patriots that it's been much ado about nothing. Uh, with the fact, especially this year with the Bengals thing, everybody laughs at that because, I, as I just said, you don't have to cheat to beat the Cincinnati. Uh, everybody did. Uh, uh, but the, the Flategate thing, the fact that they suspended Tom Brady for four games, people still haven't gotten over that. Not sure they will. Um, so, you know, they're very sensitive when it comes. They just think it's sour grapes by other teams mm-hmm. uh, as, as far as the Patriots go. As far as Boston goes with Alex Cora, no, they're not defending him. Uh, matter of fact, I can tell you a lot of people, as soon as this happened, and the word came out that, that Cora was behind it in Houston. Everybody said he's got to go. Um, and so, no, I don't think there is uh, a, a rush to defend him here. Uh, the sense is, however, uh, and again, I got this from Pete Abraham, after, and he, he talked extensively with the owners. I get a sense, and so does he, that this, the, what the Red Sox are being accused of is nowhere near the, to the level of Houston, and Major League Baseball is having trouble finding enough to make any kind of major punishment. So what Cora being let, let go was more about what happened in Houston and not and the fact that the Red Sox don't want to have to carry that baggage all year, and I can't blame them. But, no, as soon as it happened, everybody was like, no, no get him out. He's got to go. Right, yeah. So, boy, he doesn't have a bright future at this point. I mean, maybe he can come back to do a little bit of TV down the road, but even that, he's really in a tough spot. Um, so... You guys, how do you think this compares to the steroids or doctoring the ball for spitballs? Because Eric was saying, hey, people have been stealing signs for a long time. So how is this that much different? I mean, yes, stealing signs, steroids both give you advantage. Is this worse or not as bad as those other ones, Eric? Uh, man, you know, I've been thinking about that this week. I think it's nowhere near the Black Sox scandal. But I think steroids Agreed. is probably a, a pretty good, uh, um, a, a pretty good comparison. I, I still don't think it's quite as bad as steroids, just because steroids was so systematic across the entire league, right? So, um, but it's if on on an indiv- and it's more of an individual thing. Whereas with this with this Astros thing, it's uh, it's the whole team, so that makes it a little bit worse. But um, yeah, I, so that's why I think it's it's it is a, a pretty good comparison. It's 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 an advantage that 
um, that's a, an ethical choice to decide to, to do it or not. Um, you know, it's, it's frankly, it's kind of amazing that it hadn't happened before, or maybe it did happen. We didn't know it, but I mean, it's not like TV cameras are a new invention mm -hmm. or, right. you know, um, and it, I know it's, it's, um, you know, they have more access to it because of, um, the instant replay stuff in the, in the dugout, but still, um, you know, it seems like somebody would have had, you know, a wireless, you know, or had their phone in their hand watching the game in the dugout just to get, get a load of the, um, oh, the, sign. Uh, the signals. So, yeah. right. So it's, so it's, it seems like it's, it's kind of amazing that it took so long to happen. Mm. Um, but, um, I saw a quote from, I, I saw a quote from a pitcher, uh, yesterday and I can't remember which pitcher it was, but he said he would rather have faced a team full of guys using steroids than face a team that was cheating the way the Astros did, where they knew what pitch wow. was was coming every time he felt it was he felt it was be more of a level playing field to, to have guys on steroids than it was to have them know what pitch is coming mm. because of the hand-eye so, yeah. coordination uh, you know, or just, i don't you know. know how i feel about yeah yeah i think that yeah because it's it's an advantage to know what pitch is coming there's no question mm. yeah and a physical um, and, advantage and, you know, is uh, the physical advantage is one thing right but having that knowledge that um of what pitches coming, mean, especially you know these guys are throwing 90, 100 mile an hour fastballs. If you know you don't have to worry about a curveball coming, right? I mean you're going to be ready to tee off, exactly. and that's just uh, it's. So it's yeah, I can I, I can see why a pitcher would say that. All right, so and you, so you said you said you but you said you're surprised it hasn't happened before. There was a story in the Associated Press this morning, uh, Saturday morning, that Jack McDowell I said. Saw that, yeah said that Tony LaRusa was doing this back in the 80s. Whoa. In 1986, when Jack McDowell was pitching for the Chicago White Sox, he said Tony LaRusa was doing the same thing when he was with the Oakland Athletics. Now, wow. obviously, obviously, the technology wasn't quite the same, but he's basically saying that LaRusa somehow had videos set up so that they could steal signs back in the 80s. So maybe it did, did happen before. Or, you know, and maybe this is Jack McDowell been smoking one too many somethings and, you know, and it's just, you know, and it's kind of shooting off at the mouth. I don't know, but it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just to put a whole fun spin, if I can, to this whole thing, my son came along and I started him young with video games and we would play with Super Nintendo and we always had um, a baseball game. And I would tell him, all right, David, I'm just going to throw it down the middle for you because he was... He had to learn how to play the game first, right? And as soon right. as he learned how to play the game, then I said, okay, I'm going to throw either strikes or curves. And I would dominate him, obviously. And that wasn't very much fun, I found. So it was just better to just keep on throwing <laughs> strikes until one day he turned it on me. I said, wait a second, are you throwing curveballs on me? Yeah, Dad. Wait a second. Now we both have to do it. And then all our scores went way down. And it's just, I know the real thing is so much different, but... Um, when they knew what the pitches were coming, I mean, they just had to worry about location and that, and those guys are so good. And the other part, Gene, that you might talk about is the difference between a minor league player and a major league player or a major league player that is just barely hanging on in a star. Isn't it just like razor thin in, in difference? Oh, no question. No, no, you know what? And it's funny too. There's a number of guys that, don't hit real well in the minors, get get promoted to the major leagues, and suddenly take off. I'll give you a perfect example. 
Wade Boggs was not a very good minor league player. I mean, don't get me wrong. He wasn't a scrub. But he did not hit the way he hit in the major leagues. This is a guy that in the minor leagues is hitting 270, 280. He gets up to the major leagues, and he's hitting the heck out of the ball. The difference, in the minor leagues, pitchers are all over the place. They don't have the control. Mm. In the majors, you know, the guys are around the plate. Even when they miss, they're not, not missing by a lot. So it's a lot easier to cover the plate. And if you've got the added advantage of being able to cover the plate and knowing whether it's a fastball or a curveball, you know, a, a veteran player on his way down could stick around for a lot longer. Cliff, Flo Cliff Floyd was on uh, the Major League Baseball Network this week and said, are you kidding me? He said, the last few years I played, if I had known what pitch was coming, he said, I'd have been an all-star, and I probably would have played another five years. Mm. And that's a lot of so, money, too. Yeah, it is. And, you know, and, and, you know, one other thing, you were talking about whether this happened before. The other thing that came out, it, 1951, the famous Bobby Thompson home run, the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant. Mm-hmm. Well, word has come out now that the Giants actually had somebody in center field with a telescope. And that supposedly Bobby Thompson knew exactly what pitch was coming when he hit that home run. And this was in 1951. Yeah. So it's been going on for years. The difference now is just that the, the equipment has gotten more sophisticated and it's easier to do. Well, the biggest thing making news, uh, I think yesterday and the day before, was could it be that they were using electronic devices on their bodies because there was a Photoshop picture of one of the players. It looked like he had a little tape that you would tape down a wiring system. And then right. uh, Altuve supposedly clutching onto his uniform coming around that he didn't want it taken off because it would expose that he had a electric... It's so all this conspiracy thinking has been coming up. Eric, have you seen any of these things? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I saw, like, the slow motion of him coming in, and it did look like he was, like, saying, don't take my shirt off and tugging on his jersey. Um, but they had, but there also some other pictures came out that where he did have his um, jersey ripped off and you couldn't see anything. And the MLB has said they, you know, found no uh, evidence that that, that that had happened. It seems like they have plenty of evidence for everything else. Um, so, yeah, I think that's just a little... Um, Nuttiness. I guess it was was it Beltron's niece who tweeted that that's or yeah, what it, yeah. What it but it, yeah. It, sort of it, yeah. It turns out it wasn't. It turns out it wasn't his niece. I figured. Yeah, that seems. She cool. was saying that she was. Turns out she was. Here's the deal. People on Twitter need to get a life. That's the bottom. <laughs> that's, that's the bottom line. Nice old man take there. Arnie. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Uh, look. You know what? I'm on Twitter. I have to be because of my radio station. Yeah. But you know, I pay attention to very little of it because as I think. I think I've said before, I consider Twitter the cesspool of the Internet. Mm -hmm. uh, it is just the, the amount of negativity on Twitter is absolutely unbelievable. It, it, you know, so I, I'm there for a purpose, and I don't stay there any longer than absolutely right. necessary. Right. It can get nasty in a hurry. So let's talk about the future yeah, a little oh, yeah. bit. you got three managerial positions quickly opened to two really good teams and one maybe good team. And right now... The names thrown out for the Astros are Dusty Baker, Buck Showalter, and maybe John Givens, the former Blue Jays manager. Gene, do you have any inside scoop? You're our insider. Uh, no, I have <laughs> no inside scoop other than it would be that all three of these teams may want to go with a veteran guy who's used to dealing with the media and, 
and can help settle down uh, uh, the noise. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, I, I think that I think Dusty Baker would be a perfect choice for a lot of teams because he's been around the block and players love playing for Dusty Baker. Because yep. you have to, you know, look, and that's the thing. Houston, the, those guys loved A.J. Hinch. The guys on Boston loved Alex Cora. I mean, those guys on Boston are, are beside themselves upset. So both those teams, and, and to a lesser degree, the Mets, because Beltran never coached a game for them. Um, but both those teams, I think, are going to have to be very, very strategic, satisfy the fan base, and satisfy the players as well. Um, because you don't want to bring in some guy that, that, that the players don't want to play for. You know, you can't bring in uh, some uh, you know guy that's too regimented. I don't think that will fly well. So, but I, so I expect I expect at least the Astros and the Red Sox to go with an experienced guy. The Mets, I I, I kind of think that they might go back to Eduardo Perez, uh, the ESPN color guy. Oh. He was the runner-up to Beltran. He was the the guy that if Beltran hadn't taken it, Perez was going to get the job. How about Terry Collins coming back? He went I'm, back. I'm a little biased uh, to Terry Collins because he. Is from my hometown of Midland, Michigan. So he did pretty good for them. At I for was, a while. I would say, yeah, I would say that though that that's a there's there's guys there that played for Terry Collins and we're not thrilled with Terry Collins. <laughs> I I find that hard. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. It could, it could, You're but being I don't think it's going to happen. Diplomatic for the first time, I think, Gene, in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, it's a. It's my new my New Year's resolution. <laughs> All right. Not really. So, Eric, do you hear anything down in Houston? Who do you think might be the new manager down there? Um, well, to to echo Gene, um, yeah, uh, Jim Crane has said that you know he wants to find somebody who can handle handle the pressure, um, and it just seemed I, I it would seem that Dusty Baker is is in the lead right now. I know they're they're already talking about bringing him in for an interview, um, so hopefully. Uh, hopefully this will resolve itself pretty quick. They'll get Dusty and who Dusty? I love I love Dusty Baker. Um, so uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, right now he's really the main name they're throwing around here. Yeah, and I think I think he he'd be better than Showalter too. Because look, mm-hmm. I I've spent uh, a, a decent amount of time with Buck Showalter when I was working in the minor leagues, um, and he's a great baseball mind. Um, not exactly the most scintillating individual you've ever met in your life. <laughs> oh, really? You know, and can be a little surly with the press. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just not sure that how well he would fit that mold. I'll tell you the, the leader in the clubhouse for Boston, and they haven't even started interviews yet, but if the fans and the players have their way, mm-hmm. Jason Veritek will be their next oh, coach. Yes. Oh, really? Interesting. I still have a shirt with Jason Veritek, the but, captain shirt from him. So. Yeah, he's he's been and he's been an advisor for them since 2012. The fan, and, and he wants. I just don't know if this is the right time for him to manage. But uh, the fans are screaming for it. Yeah. And, and some of the players have, have come out said they'd like it too. So we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about a few other subjects before we um, wrap up the podcast. But I definitely wanted to get to that whole situation and try to understand a little clearer. Um, and I totally get the temptation of, hey, we got to win, and at any point, and these are very competitive people, and so I think it's true that whether it's baseball or football or business, very competitive people will push the boundaries as far as they can, and um, it's made Cora a lot of money, to be honest. It's made the other guys a lot of money as well before they were caught, 
And I have a question for you guys. I When I did a search about cheating in sports, I, I came down to two people who cheated, and I'm curious what you think. Who was the worst cheat? You ready? So it's Lance Armstrong or Rosie Ruiz. If you don't know who Rosie Ruiz, she's the lady who ran the New York Marathon in 1980, took the subway about a third of the way in toward the end and then jumped back on and won the marathon. It was the Boston Marathon, wasn't it? Boston Marathon. Was it Boston? Boston. Yeah, it was the Boston. Oh, yeah. Poor Boston. Sorry, Boston. (laughs) So... (laughs) So, all right, um, Gene, what do you think? Who is the worst cheater? Uh, okay, well, for for a single event, <laughs> no, no, Rosie Ruiz is probably <laughs> about his. But the, I would, I mean, if you had, if I had to pick, I'd have to say Lance Armstrong, just because it was long term, it was systematic, it was. he was maniacal about it to the point where he was getting his teammates in on. Uh, to, to so that he could look better. He was getting his teammates to do some of this stuff. So I think if you look at it in the totality, I'd have to say Lance Armstrong. But but for one single event, it, it doesn't get much worse than what she did. No, no. Eric, you're a runner. What do you think? <laughs> uh, Rosie Ruiz, you know, is, is a legend. <laughs> in for yeah. all the wrong reasons in running. A legend, um, yeah. Yeah, she... Uh, so to me, she's the worst cheater because it was so stupid. I mean, you know, it's not like nobody was watching this race and she just comes out of nowhere. You know, I mean, it's the biggest race in the country and she's not there for most of the race. And all of a sudden she shows up, you know, as they come down Boylan Street. Right. So, um, uh, yeah, no, no. Uh, it's it's Lance Armstrong, you know, easy. I mean, it was the. Uh, uh, yeah, years and years of denying and, and doping. But sure, you know, probably 90% of the uh, other cyclists were doing it at that time. Um, but uh, but he, he was, you know, a little, a little extra. And, and really, I mean, his biggest problem was the way he defended himself for years and years and, you know, left sort of a scorched earth path um, through, through through a lot of people. So it was bad. Um, you know, he is... He is been the last couple of years re- rehabilitating his image a little bit um so it's been a good you know around here uh, at least you know he's a he's a texas guy he's still in austin he has a great bike shop in austin um uh that that i, I love going to um you know and i watch his, his blog and stuff um yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan i'm a you know i'm a fan of of his and i i you know i was in austin when he was winning all those tour de france's I was working at the Austin American Statesman. We had a reporter we sent over there, uh, uh, you know, to cover the tour every year. So I'm, I'm a big, big fan. But, uh, you know, it's it took a while for me to be able to stomach him after, you know, it all finally mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, Eric, you're in Texas now, but you grew up a big Kansas City Royals fan. And there was sad news this week. You want to cover that for our audience? Yeah, David, David Glass. Um, the the owner the uh, the second real owner of the Royals the Royals you know Ewing Kaufman uh, started the team he uh, handed it off to it was there was like a local uh, basically the city owned them for quite a while um, that's what real that's what started the the downfall of the Royals um, post Mr K uh, and then uh, David Glass came in um, who had he's uh, he is a Missouri guy he was born in Missouri he lived in Arkansas he was president of uh, Walmart um, after Sam Walton um, 
uh, passed. I guess he took over the lead of that. So, um, you know, he did. He had plenty of money. He didn't always spend it on the baseball team <laughs> the way we would like. Um, but uh, uh, but he was, uh, uh, you know, just a just a great guy who, you know, wanted to do things the right way. Um, you know, I think if, uh, you know, I, they rebuilt slowly but surely the farm system for the Royals, they uh, um, uh, he hired, you know, just really good people. You know, Ned was uh, was awesome. Um uh, and, and we just, you know, he was really focused on, um, you know, building the system back up to what it was. And, you know, we've done that. We've, you know, the Royals, I don't think it's going to be another 30 years before we win another world series, mm-hmm. God willing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we, you know, we've got a new owner, John Sherman, who's also has some, has ties to Kansas city came from, he was on the ownership, um, team with Cleveland and now, you know, uh, bought the Royals just in, you know, the last few months. And uh, apparently, uh, Mr. Glass, um, uh, uh, our GM talked to him in like on Christmas day. And then apparently he died a, a couple of weeks ago um, from complications right. with pneumonia. So, so sad day, um, in Kansas city, you know, I think people really spent a lot of time not liking him just because the team was, was run, you know, uh, <laughs> the, the Walmart way. Um, uh, yeah, for, cheap, for a long cheap, time, cheap. then you know, <laughs> no, not cheating. Um, no cheap. No cheap. For, cheap. For, oh, cheap, cheap. Okay, yeah. yeah we're having trouble with Skype quality today. With granted, <laughs> yes. but no, no, cheap. Um, yeah. So yeah, we we're a little cheap, you know. But uh, but finally, that farm system came together, and we, you know, yeah. obviously won the series in uh, 2015. So yeah, sad day around the town and on 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 all my social media with all my friends. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, so. Gene, do you have a favorite owner, or do I just say John Henry and we're done with the conversation? Uh, you know, it's it's it, we haven't had a lot of owners in Boston. I mean, we you know we had the the Yawkey family for so long, um, but yeah, I guess I guess I'd have to say John Henry. But at the same time, you know what? I'm not a huge fan of him. I know the Red Sox have had success, but you know they have. Uh, I, they've gotten involved in so much. They own the Boston Globe now. They own Nesson. I mean, he's mm-hmm. built himself an empire here, and you know, they own so, Liverpool so, soccer team too. Yeah, and they own the Liverpool soccer. So, you know, some of my stuff with John Henry, it, I, it goes actually. I mean, the way they've run the Red Sox is fine. They certainly spend enough money, but some of the other stuff that they do, you know, they've cut a lot of jobs in in at Nesson and at uh, at the Globe. Uh, he was. <laughs> He was partially responsible for my friend Donald Marcillo no longer being in New England and having to go work for the uh, the San Diego Padres. And mm. so, you know, but 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 uh you know, I Tom Yawkey was always and you know, unfortunately, uh I mean he owned the Red Sox forever, and unfortunately, uh, uh with the revisionist history now, they're looking back into his life and they're finding things from, you know, when he was an owner that uh you know, some racist stuff and, and things so that you know it used to be Yawkey way used to be the road right outside in front, right. in front of Fenway Park. They it, it's so bad they changed the name of the street. Oh like, wow, really? Uh, they did away with that. It's no longer. It's, yeah, it's no longer Yawkey Way. The Boston City Council did that. You know, but we see that all the time now. And you know, it, it's easy to say, well, it was a product of the times. But people don't want to think about the product of the times. They they want to they. It, it, to me, it's hard to judge things that happen in that mm-hmm. in a 2020 lens. Right. But people do that. You know, and and whether whether it's right or wrong is for other people to decide. But uh, well, you know, but he was he was a guy that 
you know, he was the owner when I was growing up with the Red Sox. So he was the guy I had the most, I guess, uh, draw to. Right. Well, another thing I thought we could be talking about today is that I was thinking the Patriots would maybe go a little further in the playoffs and the Chiefs might be <laughs> around as well. But so what we have left is the Chiefs in the football playing against the Titans, of all things. And uh, so, Gene, what is the feeling like in New England that the Patriots are out and Rabel outcoached the master? Everybody expected the Patriots to be out, to be honest with you. Um, they didn't expect to lose to the Titans, but everybody expected them to not get past that first game. Once they lost the last game of the season to the Dolphins and didn't get that bye week, mm-hmm. everybody knew the writing was on the wall. So so everybody, you know what, to be honest with you, people did not really lose their minds over it. They, they kind of expected it. Uh, now all they want to talk about is is Tom Brady coming back that's that's all anybody cares about right now is he I would say it's uh 60 40 in favor now he wants a two-year um, contract and they want to give him a one-year contract is that the big sticky yeah point? you know uh, I don't they haven't even gotten to that point yet I think it's the Patriots have to decide if they want to push the reset button thinking that this could be the perfect time. You got bounced out in the first round of the playoffs. You've got a lot of holes you need to fill. Maybe this is the time you push the reset button. Or do you think there's Tom Brady's got one more in him? And that's what they have to decide. So it it hasn't even gotten to numbers yet. Um, I know this. Josh McDaniels, who's the offensive coordinator, did not get a, a head coaching job despite reviewing in a couple of places. I think him returning to the Patriots makes it more likely that Brady comes back because he wouldn't have to learn a new system with a new offensive coordinator. So I actually think that probably improves the chances that he comes back. Yeah, there's some good um, college quarterbacks coming out, and there's a lot of discussion what could happen. And now finally we get around to Eric and his beloved Chiefs. Um, <laughs> uh, Eric, were you losing your mind last week when your Chiefs were down 21 nothing in that game? It was twenty-four to nothing. Twenty-four. Uh, yeah, wow. yeah. Um, so, so Savannah, my my oldest kid, was out shopping, and Amy called her to tell her not to come home. <laughs> that gives you an idea as to how how things are going here at the house. Um, uh, but that quickly turned uh, in the second quarter. Uh, uh, although I I personally thought I was handling it pretty well, considering how big of a disaster that first quarter was. So um, was the language Amy being used, agree. or things being thrown, or what was happening? Um, yeah, I think my I, I'm, I'm, I, it, it's a, it's a bit of a, a blur of, uh, of stomach acid and um, and hate, but uh, but I do remember some uh, some some language that isn't great, and uh, yeah, I think my Chiefs hat uh, got spiked a couple of times, yeah, which is my usual. I know it. I knew it was bad because you posted something on Facebook of your wife sitting outside of the house with your dog with a blanket around her, hoping she could come back into the house after the game was over. Right. So in 2015, <laughs> in, uh, when the Royals were in the playoffs, uh, this, uh, a, a, a game was just going terrible for the Royals. And Amy had gone outside to, I think she was, um, had gone for a run or something. And uh, when, she, when she came back, I said, look, 
the whole time you were gone, everything turned around. The Royals are playing gate. Great. She says, well, I'll just stay outside. I've got a book. I want to hang out. And I said, perfect. And so I took a picture of her out on the <laughs> patio and posted. I said, Amy can't, you know, made some smart aleck remark about she couldn't come back in until the game was over. Um, and so Amy, to get away from me on and my behavior on, on last Sunday, went out to the, went out to the deck again and, uh, uh, and things immediately turned around. It worked. Uh, and so tomorrow again, so. she's going to be on the porch. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just have her start there. I don't want to say. <laughs> yeah, we're actually going to a friend's house. I've got a, a couple of college buddies who live here in Houston. We're getting together for the game tomorrow. So, so. If the uh, chief loses, it's all you guys' fault for not putting her on the porch. I, I'll, you know, she may just have to drive over here and sit on the porch. <laughs> or maybe maybe my friend's porch will be will be fine. I don't know. Um, but it's going to be a Chiefs little bit cooler here I Chiefs are not, I, not, they're not losing that game. There's, there's no way. So we're yeah, getting to I, predictions, it sounds like, here. So <laughs> Gene says, Chiefs, no, no way, way of losing. The Titans have no. run out of luck, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It, it, look, Derrick Henry's been running the heck out of the ball, but they're going to need Ryan Tannehill to come up big, and Ryan Tannehill has, hasn't come up big a lot in his entire career. So I, I, I like the Chiefs' chances. I think the Chiefs win it by, by 10. Yeah, I think even more. I said in the other podcast, they remind me of the great show on turf when uh, the Rams, the St. Louis Rams, could score so quickly. You know, like within a minute or two, they can score a touchdown. Um, so your prediction, Eric, is Chiefs by how many? Um, well, it is Chiefs, of course. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably go with just Chiefs by seven. Um uh, yeah, Derrick Henry just scares me. I mean, our line, our defensive line has come a long ways. Chris Jones is probably going to be out, though, so that concerns me some. Um, yeah, he's not great against the run, so maybe, you know, um, you know, the, the, the Chiefs, you know, man, they held Carlos Hyde to almost nothing last right. week. So um, so I think, uh, uh, I, I, so I feel pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. But, man, I'm a Chiefs fan. We have blown so many games in so many extraordinary ways that I am just not, um, I mean, look, look at last year, right. Against new England, mm-hmm. we had that game won, and a defensive end lined up off sides. I mean, how does that happen in the right. fourth quarter? Right. So something stupid happens or Lynn Elliott misses <laughs> three, three field goals from inside the 40. Um, you know, I mean, so I'm a pessimist, um, just, uh, as a defense mechanism more than anything. So mm-hmm. I'm not getting my hopes up until, you know, <laughs> the game's over. Yeah, so and you have Andy, and you have Andy Reed. <laughs> we have Andy <laughs> Reed. So there could be some clock management. You, know, you never know. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he's been pretty good lately, but he's due. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. So, um, you know, uh, what, uh, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, everything has gone, uh, um, you know, the Chiefs way. I mean, last week I just thought, well, this is it. This is over. You know, in the first quarter I was like, that's, this is the way it's going to go. So, um, Eric, you got to wear the same shirt you wore last week, the same shoes, oh, yeah. the same socks. Yep. Hopefully you didn't wash them. Oh, we're talking about <laughs> baseball st- superstitions <laughs> right. almost away. Gene, how do you break down the, the 49ers against the, oh my gosh, Packers? Um, the Packers, I have, cons- I have all season long, I have called the Green Bay Packers the greatest fraud in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> I, I, the fact that they won 13 games in the regular season is the most amazing thing I have ever seen because I just don't get it. Um, 
I, I, I there's no way they're beating San Francisco. I think San Francisco could win this thing by three touchdowns. Um, I fully because San Francisco is healthy now, and when they played in the race, San Francisco killed them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think it was what thirty. 30 something to 39 to eight or so mm-hmm. it was some, it was really lopsided in the regular season. And I expect it's going to be, and they weren't healthy then they're healthy. Now I think the 49ers win this one easily. Right. Although it would ruin the matchup of the uh, new uh, rematch yeah. of the first Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. of the Kansas city against um, green Bay. Yeah. But uh, my friend Ernest posted the four finalists all have initials of their uh, city on their helmets. That's the first time it's ever happened of the final four teams, if you think about it. He always it. comes up with some bizarre stuff. That's, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> he, yes, uh, you he, know, uh, he works hard at that. So. The, 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 the biggest nightmare the biggest nightmare for the NFL is if it's the San Francisco 49ers and the Tennessee Titans. Oh, that might be one of the lowest-rated Super Bowls in history, if that's who's in it. But isn't the Super Bowl bigger than the teams? We were talking about that. That in baseball, I think the teams make a people are more loyal to the team than to the league, and I almost get a sense that most NFL uh, fans are more loyal to the league than to the team. What yeah, to a to a degree, to a de- degree. But I think the teams still matter. I absolutely do. I tell you what, if the Patriots are in it, a lot of the people that are watching are, are watching it just to see if the Patriots lose. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So I think. I think it. I think it makes a difference. I think uh, you know people in Tennessee will be thrilled, but the rest of the yeah uh, the, the country is going to go, huh? Right. All right. And my final question for tonight is more of a internal question for the guys who've helped me with my podcast over the last two years, and um, we started to think of if we all could take a road trip to one sporting event, meet at one place for one sporting event, what would you guys vote for? And the previous answers has been spring training down in Florida, the final four final for NCAA March Madness. Um, those are the first two out there. Um, but what would you think about, Gene? What would you like to do if you could get all of us together, if um, Eric won the lottery tomorrow and shared all that money with me so I could pay for your travel, where would you want to do? What would you want to go to? I just want to go to a baseball game. <laughs> I, I just... Uh, 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 just a regular season baseball game. It doesn't have to be spring training. It doesn't have to be the World Series. You know why? Because if you go to a baseball game that's just kind of in the middle of the year, we could all like sit in one place and just sit and and shoot the breeze and have a great time for three hours, and uh, that would be fun. If you're if you're somewhere like at a big event like the Final Four, and it's just and uh, I, I'd like to just go to something that's nice and relaxed. And 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 the only reason I'm not voting for Florida is. Because I hate the state of Florida. So. <laughs> I wish you weren't so and wishy-washy. Though, I know. I, well, you know, I just, I, there's too many old people. <laughs> oh, 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 be careful now. Have you well, looked in the mirror them. lately, uh, but, buddy? Yeah, no, I know. But I'm just, I just, I've never been a fan of Florida. It's too flat. It's too hot. And it's too humid. There you so, go. Let's just, yeah. So let's, yeah. you know what? I'll tell you, tell you what, let's pick a, you know what? A good, a good. Good central location. Let's all meet at a Kansas City Royals baseball game. Let's go. Let's, oh, let's do that. Wow, wow. Did, did Eric pay you money or something? To well, brilliant plan. Brilliant or or plan. the St. Louis Cardinals. It's, it's Missouri's. Yeah, but Missouri's kind of a you know kind of a kind of a central location, right? Let's do right. that. I think we I think we should all all go to the middle of the country and go to a baseball game. Yeah. Or we could go to 
We go to Cleveland. Go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame after we uh, go to the Cleveland Indians game. That sounds good, too. I've always wanted to see a game at Wrigley. Mm. I've done that. It's cool. It is cool. I've done it, too. It is cool. Yeah. So really what we need is not... We need a day to go to a daytime game and then drive to a nighttime game. So we got to go... So if it's like... Well, well Cub- oh, in Chicago, you could have White Sox and Cubs oh. in the same day. That's true. Do they usually play? Do they usually play at home on the same? Do they play at home? Home that, that often I on don't, the same day? I, I, to be honest with you, I've never paid attention. I just didn't know if if they did that or not. That's got to be a nightmare for the, the uh, for for in, the infrastructure in Chicago if they're both playing on the same day. Well, the I mean, Cubs- I'm sure they probably do, but I, I just I didn't. I didn't really thought about it. Wrigley's right downtown, and then the White Sox are sort of um, southeast, and so they're a little bit away. I think they're like at least four or five miles away, and um, stadium. Yeah, okay. yeah. You would I haven't, take, I haven't been to the. I haven't. You would take different subway lines. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, in Chicago to um, to, okay. to I, I think I, it would be fine. Um, um, I have been to whatever they call New Comiskey now. Um, yeah, I haven't. Been, see, I haven't been. to to that one, but I've been to Wrigley. Parking's a lot easier, and, and uh, <laughs> I was able to walk up and buy tickets, so cheap. It was the, the last day so, of the so, season. Yeah, so there's a possibility. We... My so, son, I like that idea. My son voted for um, <laughs> good old Red Sox, you know, Fenway Park again, and uh, since Gene lives that way, and so does Nate Moyer, who's on another co-host, so you can all put us up in your house there, right, Gene? We could drive we in. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You bet. All right. You bet. Matter of fact, we matter of fact, we own my in-laws uh, who passed away. We own their home. That's uh, about an hour from here, so we could between that and here, we could put everybody up. No problem. Hey, that sounds like a serious party for a bunch of fifty-year-olds. <laughs> um, so there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is coming to the end. I'll, I'll give you guys thirty seconds if there's anything else you want, just tied up or some random thoughts. Some sports this week and so we'll start with gene well i don't have have any random thoughts i just uh i i hope that we have we we, i know we haven't heard the last of the cheating thing we're going to hear about it all year long but i'm hoping that within the first first couple of weeks of spring training it will be addressed and that'll be the end of it and i think the punishment that rob manfred put out with these guys getting suspended and essentially getting fired you know there's people that think it wasn't severe enough i think it was just perfect because rob Manfred has now put the word out, you do it, this is what's going to happen, and if you do it again, you might see people get suspended for life. So I think the commissioner's office handled this well, and I just hope that within the first couple of weeks of spring training, we can put it to bed. Mm-hmm. Eric, any final thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the th- things that I've been thinking about this with with the cheating scandal is, you know, one of the problems that I have with, you know, and, and Manfred's hands were tied, but um, really, I, if the union is is going to argue that uh, that players shouldn't be suspended for this or or can't be suspended by the commissioner or what have you for this, then they need to step up and do something on on their end to suspend. The, you know, police. If you're not going to allow the league to police players, then you're going to have to police them. You know, something's got to give on that part of it. You can't just you know. I mean. The players, like you know, like we were talking about, loved AJ Hinch, and now he's the one uh, who's really taken the uh, um, the hit for the uh, uh, for the team, and that's just not fair to to anybody, really. So I hope that uh, 
the the union. I, I'm not holding my breath on that, but I am. Uh, you know, I think the union needs to do something uh, and go Chiefs. Yeah. Well, I actually believe, and I agree with you both. I agree that Manfred did the right thing, and I do think union can't have it both ways. They gotta do something internally to help support somehow to make baseball what it should be. And I want spring training to come along and just enjoy the beautiful game, those sweet swings, the smells, the sounds of baseball. That's what I want. And, hey, maybe we could all go to Hawaii. Why not? We could go out there. Is there baseball teams out in Hawaii? Uh, there's, uh, I think, uh, isn't there something? The minor league team. Yeah, yeah, no. Okay, never mind. Yeah, there's a minor league team out there. I think. Yeah. We can go out there for Iron Man. Oh, wow. That's a oh, whole Oh, great, other... yeah. We'll watch you run. No thanks, I'd be Eric. The... <laughs> I'd be the marshmallow man. Yeah. I'd... No thanks. All right, Wait, folks. Just spectators. Spectators? Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks for listening to Boys of Summer. We enjoyed talking about baseball, and we hope next time we talk, we'll talk about free agents and hope springs eternal and winter spring training. So thanks for listening, and have a great day. <laughs>